Welcome to the Multifamily by the Slice Podcasts with your hosts, Dre Evans and Ike Eke. On this show, you'll gain unique perspectives from investors and professionals on all aspects of the apartment investing space. Do you want to achieve legacy wealth and live a life of financial freedom? Well, all it takes is that first slice of wisdom to get you started on the journey to building your empire. Please subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and pass it along to a friend that can benefit from a slice of multifamily knowledge. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Multifamily by the Slice. Today, another first. We have a vendor on the show, Charles Fayel. And this is a great opportunity for those in the audience that you know have already maybe had a couple deals under their belt, um, don't necessarily need the basics, but want to improve their property. And Charles is helping real estate investors do that with water conservation, as well as other technology that can really help your property, its bottom line, and ultimately its value. Dre, what do you got to say about it? A great episode. Uh, I, it was unique. And like you mentioned, his biomedical and his electrical engineering background and starting this Naui Network Sensor Water Conservation Management Company with his father is very unique. We talk about conservation, water conservation tips, and we really dive into the expense side of multifamily real estate. And it's something that you typically do not hear on many podcasts in general. It's typically operators, brokers, investors, to that form, some type of real estate professional, but to have someone that's not an investor themselves, but they support us in a contra- in contractor role is unique. So I think our listeners are going to get some good insights about it. It'll make them think differently about the expense side because people are always focused on income, income, income. But remember, increasing your business increases your income too. And increase the NOI, which increases the value of the property. So, without further ado, let's get into it, folks. What's going on? What's going on? I'm your host Dre Evans here, multi-family by the slice. I've got Ike in the house as well, my co-host, and we've got Charles Fayel here. He is a great guy. I actually met him at a real estate meetup with one of my good buddies, and we're excited to have him on the show. But before we introduced Charles, I gotta check in with you, Ike. How you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing I'm doing really good. Strong start to the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as you know, I have uh, one of my properties on the contract to sell, mm-hmm. and uh, the inspection period is almost up. So that'll go to pending, and it'll just be a matter of them getting their financing in place. So very excited about that. Mm-hmm. The only bad thing is, man, this COVID is really going around. We were just talking about it, you know, before we press record, and it's getting in everybody's way. And, you know, you hate to start a new year with, with an issue like that, but we're powering through it. Things are going pretty well, I would say. How are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm surprised that I haven't caught it yet. I am, right? I am still surviving. So. Knock on wood. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been through it all. Everyone around me, like I said, in the building and you had it and mm-hmm. I still been scotch-free. So everyone on my team, the Opportunity Knox meetup team got it. So um, I don't know how. But uh, I'm blessed and thankful for sure. And just like you said, man, I'm excited for the year, second week of January. And every week and every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. Absolutely. You want to introduce today's guest? Let's do it. Uh, we have Charles Fayel with us. Um, usually we we read a bio, but let's, let's get Charles to give his two cents on his background and 
his involvement with real estate investing and adjacent opportunities that he's working on. So the floor is yours, my friend. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on here. Seem like I'm kind of a bit different than the normal guests you have on here. Usually it's a broker, investor, somebody directly in real estate, but I'm actually coming kind of from the vendor background. So a little bit of background on me. You know, I graduated in dual majors in biomedical and electrical engineering. Spent the last near four years after that working for a robotics company out of Boston. And then uh, did some traveling and came home and COVID hit. Was home with my father. And we started a company two years ago, uh, which we'll get into later. Yeah, it's a quick, quick brief on me. Just actually got off COVID. You know, a week ago I had it. wasn't a fun time. wasn't a great way to start the year. But uh, now that's out of the way. No more. Not don't have to worry about that. Hopefully for a while. And feeling good about the rest of the year. So bring it on. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, you know, we we generally have either investors or brokers, people that are in transactions in, in real estate on the show to talk about their stories, but. I think this is a bit of a treat here to have someone that's more of a vendor that that you know assists people that invest in real estate or transact in real estate because um, a good amount of our listeners are you know active operators and they're always looking for the new and shiny thing that's out there and I believe that you fit the mold so let's just get right into it let's talk about your business tell us about it yeah cool so yeah we started two years ago the company is called Nowy Sensors we develop we're a property tech company the products we're focusing on right now are water monitors um, and leak detectors. So you know, two years ago, COVID st- started, we started off with our first version was this uh, plumbed in version. So basically, you, you know, you have a property, a multi-home family, you know, say you got 10 units in it, you plumb in water meter with our like a smart node connected, and it would, you know, monitor usage and send up the, you know, water usage. So on our console, you can see for all your properties, how much water is and anytime a leak occurs. And when a leak does occur, we've got algorithms constantly monitoring and they'll send uh, alert, like a text message or an email to you or your maintenance crew indicating it's going on. Um, so that was, you know, our first model and you now everything was great. We started off in Connecticut. We had kind of a test city there. We had a bunch of buildings. We have a friend who's a property manager there who's actually the one who kind of showed us about the opportunity, told us, you know, I have these properties and they're constantly getting leaks. And, um, you know, there's not much I can do about it until I get the next water bill. And sometimes, you know, usually a water bill is a couple hundred bucks and then I'll get a $3,000 water bill. And until that next water bill comes in, I have no idea this is happening. And, you know, could be potentially even, you know, causing damage, could be causing mold, other kind of issues in my property. So, uh, so that's what got us onto it. So we developed that first version. We we realized that plumbing things in kind of a nuisance. You got to get a plumber in. You know, sales cycle is a pain. So we went back to the drawing board and we developed our newest model, which just straps on to utility water meters. So every building's got a utility water meter on the cold water line coming in. You know, and um, this one just straps on like so easy. My grandmother could do it. You just like takes two minutes to install and then uh, uses something called the helium network, which we'll get into a bit later to send the data up to the cloud. Same thing, you can monitor your water usage. You can constantly, you can look at real time historical data and anytime a leak or other kind of issue is detected, we'll send you a, an alert and uh, hopefully get it fixed soon. So um, been working with property managers and property owners throughout Connecticut and throughout the East Coast, all the way down to Alabama. I moved out to San Diego pretty recently. So I'm focusing on Southern California and Southwest, which obviously water conservation is very important for, becoming more and more important. So working with property owners and property managers out here from San Francisco and down on the coast. Wow. And, you know, to give our listeners that may be a little newer to real estate investing, sort of some perspective on why this is important. 
as a real estate investor and property owner and operator and manager, your biggest enemy is water for several <laughs> reasons. There's the obvious reason in that, you know, if you were to have a lot of water either leaking or just general increased water use, it's going to be expensive on a monthly basis, given the bill. And then you can take it as far as to say, you know, wasting water is generally bad for the environment because it's a finite resource that we all need. Every living thing on the, on the planet needs it. So it's very important. But also if water is standing anywhere in and around or on your building, you, you've got trouble. You're, you're going to have leaks. You're going to have um, a roof that is deteriorated. Uh, if it's between floors and you have several floors in a building, you're going to have flooring that's deteriorated as well as roofing that's deteriorated for the lower floor. Water, whenever you you get a call from your property manager and water is part of the subject or email line, uh, it's a part of the subject, you're going to have a bad day. So, you know, having having resources like this that can help you track usage in real time is incredibly important because you get to you get the opportunity to get ahead of an issue um, that's related to to water leaks or over usage. And it cuts costs for you as the owner. It cuts costs for your resident if you have a rubs uh, system in place, which is something we'll probably discuss in a bit here. And it also is just generally better for the environment to not overuse water in, in the world that we live in today. Yep. Yeah. And one thing, uh, you know, to harp on there, I think I don't know, um, there's a toxic mold protection act that recently went through. It's starting this year. Now, as a property owner, property managers, at least in California, you have to start giving out a pamphlet to all of your tenants, which just talks about mold. And so if you get a leak, you got a mold uh, issue going on. Like now tenants are looking for that. And uh, I mean, it's something as you can get sued for, honestly, if you don't stay ahead and you don't get on top of. So uh, a whole bunch of angles there. And, uh, you know, I can give you a whole bunch of statistics about, about water usage and, and how often this stuff happens. But if you're a big enough property manager, property owner, it's just a matter of time before you get a big leak really yeah cause a lot of damage and big water bill so yeah so i you mentioned i talked about it and, and charles you mentioned it the the helium tell us a little bit more about that and how that relates to the naui sensor water sensor that you have yeah absolutely so uh so two years back when when we started on naui sensors we actually started working on helium so helium isn't our company it's a whole different company it's actually a crypto-based company, and we'll get into it a bit. But the the mission of Helium is to build kind of a decentralized network where anybody can put up a hotspot for this network. So kind of like a Wi-Fi router, you know, there's it's basically this network that anybody can connect to. And we started out building out that network, and that was when a friend came and talked to us about this application for for water monitoring. And the reason is that what this network is really good for is that it's good for what's called IoT devices, so Internet of Things. These are things like sensors like ours that just send up really small data packets, but it's not good for like your cell phone. So you've got LTE is a different kind of network, right? Cellular network. And that has a lot of bandwidth, which is great for sending videos and images and stuff like that. The issue with LTE is that it's very power hungry. So, you know, if you want a device that runs off battery like ours, like you can just throw ours into your water pit and the battery will last seven to 10 years. You don't have to worry about it, it just sits there. But if you were to use cellular, your battery's gonna last, you know, a couple of months. So really enables a new spectrum of applications. And so, so that's why we're using Helium. That's how we got kind of started into this whole thing. And one thing that I think is really cool about Helium, especially talking about in the real estate world, is the whole incentive model. So again, to build out this network, you know, it's not a bunch of like Verizon and these big, you know, network providers putting up cell towers. It's people like me or you who can put hotspots in your buildings, which is 
actually how, again, we talked to our friend originally because we're like, how do we find somebody who has a bunch of buildings? So our friend who's got a you know property owner, he's got 20 buildings. That's 20 different spots we can put these in. So anybody who's listening, if you've got a bunch of buildings, you can throw these hotspots into your buildings. And now it's a new revenue stream. And on top of being a new revenue stream, you're also opening up these new applications for monitoring, you know, water, temperature in your building, humidity, uh, environmental, you know, a whole bunch of, you can even do, you know, locks for your locks. You don't have to like deal with Wi-Fi or cellular or anything for that. So it really opens up a lot of new applications. And one other thing I want to talk about there is that, you know, the original network they started building out was that IoT, you know, very low bandwidth, you know, can just send like sensor data kind of, kind of network. But what they're starting to get in, which I think is also another big opportunity for for property owners uh, and a new revenue stream, is they're getting into 5G. So you know LTE, that's 4G side of it. That's you know like you know classic thing that everybody's phones runs off now. Well, 5G is the next big thing because you can do a lot quicker bandwidth, so you can download videos quicker and opens up a lot of new applications. And with Helium, they're actually uh, you can get a 5G hotspot, and so anytime somebody's on their phone and you know watching youtube on a business call or whatever and they're using your hotspot your 5g hotspot in one of your buildings you're getting paid like 50 cents per gigabyte somebody watches a movie for a couple hours you know a couple gigabytes of data there's a couple bucks in your pocket for having this hotspot up so uh, a really cool opportunity because you know in my mind like 5g is almost like the new 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 wi-fi where you know before everybody's got their own wi-fi in their building now once you get these kind of speeds with 5g going on you really just have like the owner of the building just has a 5G router installed and everybody's just going to be using that for data. And uh, and they're getting paid for providing that network and it's a win-win on all accounts. So something that I think is really cool. It's a really cool company in general because they've revolutionized this model of, of incentivizing people to have hotspots versus like the old kind of telco Verizon model where like they just put up cell towers. But with this model of incentivizing people to have them, they've been the fastest growing network in the world. And over the last year and a half, two years, now there's 500,000 hotspots across the world. So very cool. That's, that's incredibly interesting. And, and, you know, if I'm understanding it correctly, this sounds pretty disruptive in that, you know, in today's day and age, generally, when you move into a new apartment, you set up your own Wi-Fi and you work with either the company that you've worked with at your previous residence or the preferred company of whichever building you're moving into. But from what you're saying and what I'm understanding, it looks like the building management, the owner, the operator, and the sponsor of syndication, so to speak, will have the opportunity to provide uh, superior Wi-Fi to their residents and actually earn by doing so. And if I'm understanding again, 5G is relatively stronger than what's in place now. So not only are you able to you know, create extra revenue, which goes to your bottom line, which goes to the value of the property, but you're also differentiating yourself from your competitor next door because you have an easier, you know, sign up process for the internet that you provide. And that internet is even stronger than they would get on their own. Am I, am I incorrect in saying that? That's absolutely the, the goal. So yeah, hundred percent. It's great revenue stream. Uh, really kind of, uh, I mean, decentralized is who, who gets paid for these services. You know, it used to be that Verizon would put up a couple cell towers in a city and they can't do that anymore with 5G because the, the distance that it can go is, is much less. Like you should be able, like San Diego covered with a few towers. But with 5G, it's a lot faster, but the, the distance it covers is much smaller. 
So like people like Verizon, like Helium is a network, but they're actually starting to work with companies like like Dish is a partner for them and to get their network out of there. And yeah, in the end, what it means is, you know, the property owner, it's just an, it's another revenue source for them. And uh, yeah, it, exactly. Another way to differentiate yourself with uh, showing that, hey, we've got 5G cellular. It's fast. You know, you could use it on your devices. You don't really need Wi-Fi. Yeah. It's a whole so, new kind of paradigm. So say I'm, you know, say here in San Diego, I owned 500 units and I wanted to implement not only, you know, the helium package, but also some of the water monitoring equipment that that you're also you're also you know working with they have a, a company built around what are the steps for me to get that in place how difficult is that what's the timeline for it to get done say you're we're on a call right now and we're trying to schedule it out how would it, how would it go yeah so so I'll start talking about my company and that implementation and then I'll talk about helium so with my company San Diego is generally very well built out for the the original IoT network which is called LoRa for long range, but for that network, it's pretty well built out and you can still get paid for building it out more. But because that's already built out, uh, you know, we sell our devices, $399, you go, you put it in your water pit, you install it at each property. And for the most part, assuming that there's coverage there, which it pretty much is across San Diego again, that's it. And then you start getting the data up on the console, you can go on, view the data, super quick, easy to install. Yeah, don't have to deal with anything else. Don't have to deal with Wi-Fi or any of that kind of stuff. And then on the Helium side, there's the original IoT network, and then there's the 5G. So at least the and I, the 5G is still relatively new. So you know, it really they just started shipping these hotspots out a couple months ago. But by the end of the year, they're hoping to have about 20,000 of these hotspots out, which again will I think will be the fastest 5G rollout of any network. And so, which assuming you know you're not technical, you don't want to deal with a lot of the you know minutia of it. Um, there's there's network providers. There's people who you know they'll you just talk to them. You tell them what properties you have, and they'll say, okay, um, this this one, this one, this one, this one are great properties. You may even get the hardware for free, so literally no capital costs. And they'll help you install it. They'll deal with all the technical side and get those hotspots in real quick. So so again, that five G is still new. Uh, you know, it's only a couple months old that's been out, but they're expanding and, and growing it really quickly. Yeah. That's awesome. And so one more question on on sort of implementation and how that works. Is it agnostic across asset size? You know, do I if I had a five unit, would it work just as well as if I had, you know, a thousand unit portfolio? How how does that work for, for both devices? Yeah, great question. So for our device, because our device goes on the main water line. So if you have too many units behind that main water line, it, it becomes harder to detect what's a leak and what's just a lot of people using water usage. So we generally go for having 15 or less units, up to 20 units per like per one of our devices. So if you've got a high rise, you've got 80 units, you're probably you're not our target customer, frankly, unless you really want to split that up, which is possible. But uh but yeah, we, we more focus on the multifamily side, you know, 15, 20 units at most um, to where our devices work really well. We're able to, you know, really show a great ROI. And for the other ones, for 5G and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't matter. Uh, as long as you got a building, a placement to put it on, especially a place where there's, you know, there isn't already kind of network built out, that's great to put it on. But, you know, if you've got a building where you've got like, you know, Dre, I know you've got one with like 70 units in it, you put a 5G in there. You've got 70 units worth of people going on their cell phones, you know, possibly using this network, you know, that's going to pay out like crazy. So versus, you know, if you have like somewhere out in the suburbs where you only got a couple buildings around and maybe not as many people, it's probably not going to pay out quite as well, but, um, but you'll definitely still get paid. Awesome. And, 
And with the Naui sensors, I think that's a good model actually to be in SoCal because we don't have a lot of large multifamily. So you're, you're really in the best market between San Fran and San Diego and LA. You can tap into the whole West Coast and because we don't have a lot above 30 units. But I want to talk a little bit more and shift and talk about the, the water conservation strategies. And, and like I started to allude to and mention to water conservation being important in multifamily. And typically for us, as we all know, we all hear the term NOI and that's net operating income. And there are a lot of different ways that you can add value to increase the income of a multifamily asset, right? But the other thing that smart, efficient operators do that we're looking to do is decrease the expenses. And typically that's done through something like I said with the abbreviation called RUBS, the ratio utility billing system. And even within that, there are multiple ways that you can reduce your expenses. And again, as I pitched you all, prepared you for, water is a big one of them. So again, to double tap, the beauty of having Charles here and what makes this podcast unique for my operators out there is not only the system that he's talking about being able to monitor your leaks and whatnot, because if you can monitor where your leaks are and where you're having a lot of water producing in certain units or certain locations, you can implement these water conservation strategies that Charles is about to talk about, such as low flow toilets, low flow appliances and things to that nature. And all that does is decrease your expenses, which in result increases your NOI, which ultimately increases the value of the property. So I just wanted to wrap that all up again and double tap that again for my listeners out there so they understand the importance and the uniqueness of what Charles does and how this relates to multifamily. So without that being said, Charles, talk to us about water conservation and some unique strategies, please. Yeah. So just to harp on rubs again, I think it's a really great system. You know, again, basically, if anybody doesn't already know how that works, right, you get a water bill and you pretty much distribute it amongst your tenants based off maybe how many sinks or toilets they have in their property. What's really cool about that, I think, is that you're kind of aligning incentives where, you know, they're incentivized to now use less water, right, because they're going to end up paying for it. Um, It's a win-win. And now property owners don't have to worry about, you know, big water spikes. Um, But, uh, you know, occasionally you can get some issues where, you know, one property, one tenant does start using a bunch of water for whatever reason. We've seen some pretty weird stuff in our time from, you know, tenants running like laundry services out of their apartments and stuff like that. Yeah, you never really know on that front. But beyond rubs, I mean, there's a bunch of ways to save water. A few of these, hopefully people have already implemented. You know, there's water restricting shower heads. That's like the most straightforward. I think everybody should implement. Nobody really notices it or cares when they were implemented. But right there, you can save like 10, 20% of the water usage of a property just by replacing the shower heads. Obviously, showers are one of the biggest single uses for, you know, a family uh, of water. Flow restrictors are a great one. Um, you know, like I always think about like when I'm washing the dishes, I always turn that sink on full blast, even though I don't really need it full blast just because whatever, like it's just the easy thing to do, right? You throw a flow restrictor on there, cut it down to like 60% of what it was. Nobody's going to notice, you know, it, again, you're just saving a bunch of money on water right there. The toilets are important. Toilets, like for us, what we see for leaks, like 60, 70, 80% of the leaks we find are toilets. Like old flapper valves, those things after a number of years, they're just like constantly leaking and it's not a small amount of water. You know, it quickly adds up to like 70 bucks a month per toilet, just leaking, going down the drain. Just upgrading those can be huge. One thing I've seen a lot, 
traveling, honestly, like outside of America is like dual flush toilets. And I think they're becoming more popular in America. But, you know, you got like one for solid waste and one for pee. And obviously, you know, most of the time you're just going to the bathroom and just peeing. You don't really need a bunch of water to flush that down. Those right there can save a lot of water. Yeah. And then just like keeping stuff on the top of the mind for tenants, like putting water conservation tips around, like just so they're thinking about it. You know, people will start to save water right there. Some of the other things you can do, updating appliances. Obviously, appliances are constantly getting modernized, more efficient, at least less water usage, less electricity usage when on both sides there. You know, if you've got landscape around, making sure you're landscaping for your environment. If you're in Southern California, you're in Arizona, somewhere like that, putting out grass, you're going to use a bunch of water. Might as well just put kind of a pretty rock garden. Nobody's going to care. It's going to look pretty and you're going to be doing great for the town and everybody around you with that. And then obviously water monitors, that's what we're in. So it's what we always talk about right there, you know, just by detecting leaks early. Most properties we work with see a 10 to 20% reduction in water bills. And, you know, that doesn't even start to tap into, you know, reductions in terms of like finding leaks that are actually causing damage early or leaks that might be causing mold. And uh, one other thing I forgot to mention in the intro, you know, a big thing is that you can uh, you can even save on your insurance just by having what are called like preventative measures for leaks um, and talking to your insurance company, they'll usually give you a reduction. So uh, I, one other thing I wanted to bring up, which isn't a water conservation strategy, but really a reason to conserve water, is something called LEED, Leadership and Energy and Environmental Design, where if your buildings are efficient and basically use less water than what the standard building would be used using or less electricity and have kind of these uh, green initiatives, they can become LEED certified, which an increasing amount of tenants are starting to look for and can help increase the value of your property, even up to about 9% on average is what they say. And so what again, again, that's just by increasing by, you know, doing water monitoring, by having these shower heads and all these kind of water conservation, your your water usage will come down for that property. You get certified, something you can put on your website for those properties, something you can put up whenever you're trying to rent those properties. And there's different levels to that. There's like a bronze and gold and platinum level or whatever, depending on how your uh, your properties are. That's kind of something that, you know, it's another impetus, another reason to to really focus on these things. So Great insights, Charles. Thank you. We're going to move on to the second part of the show, the legacy round. It's an open forum where you talk about your favorite acquisition, practical tips on how to grow the portfolio, or how to build your investor network. Now, I know this podcast episode is a little unique, so maybe you can talk to us, Charles, about a unique property that you did service on or that you experienced with your Naui sensors. Yeah, I mean, unique properties. I mean, we've seen a number of unique things. I mean, I talked earlier, we've seen with, you know, when you don't have constant monitor, like uh, water monitoring and like that real-time usage or historical usage, you know, you get a water bill and you have no idea like what's going on. Once you start doing real-time monitoring, you start finding all these kind of funny things. So, you know, we've seen tenants, again, running laundry services. We've seen appliances going on crazy cycles, just constantly like washing for no reason. We've seen malicious tenants. So, you know, if the property owner is the one paying for the water bill and they get in a scuff with, you know, one of their tenants, we've seen tenants just turning on the hot water and just letting it run and waste hundreds of dollars. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like so many different ways that we've seen wasted water and uh, honestly, like any building that we implement a um, device into that has over four units, we have consistently seen a leak right away. So, yeah, I don't really have anything specific there. The, the one the one thing I, I can think of is that I never really got into it, but like my background in real estate goes way back with my family. Um, you know, I grew up with my parents having an, like a 200 year old 
eight unit apartment building. If anybody's got those older buildings, they know that those things are just constant maintenance. My family, anytime I got in trouble as a kid, their favorite torture and punishment was just making us work on that, working on <laughs> retrofitting stuff. Yeah. Great, great. So the third part of the, the show, the Giordano round, as you know, this is the multi-family by the slice podcast. Giordano's is the number one pizza spot in Chicago. And what makes it unique is each slice is real thick, is real meaty with the sauce and the pepperoni and the sauces. And you can typically only eat one or two slices at a time. So this purpose of the Giordano round, Ike and I are going to go back and forth and ask you questions, but each one is going to be a nice, fat, juicy slice of knowledge and information. So I'm going to hit you with the first one. Imagine you're about to die. You're on the top of the highest mountain in the world and you're looking over the horizon and you've got your final words you can say before you're done. What are you going to shout out and scream to the world for them to remember you by? Honestly, mine would just be, sorry, mom. Uh, <laughs> oh. I'm a big skier. I'm a big hiker. <laughs> I love adrenaline sports. So if I knew I was about to die, it's because I was about to like do something crazy off the top of that mountain. I don't know what, but uh, I would just say, sorry, mom, um, and send it. So a little inspiration. <laughs> Okay, so the next question, and you know, again, this is usually a multifamily real estate podcast or a real estate podcast in general, and you know, we we want to give advice to real estate investors, but quite frankly, real estate investing and buying and managing a property is a small business in and of itself. So I think you'll be able to add some some value to our you know audience with some of the experience that you've had growing the business that you are now running. And so, with that said, I'll pose this question to you. If there was one slice of wisdom you wish you knew when you got started or advice you could pass on to others, what would it be? So like I've been to a bunch of networking events, especially since I moved to San Diego, meeting you guys. And uh, I, I, see, I see a lot of overlap. You know, we're all entrepreneurs. And I think the biggest thing for entrepreneurs, anybody in any kind of industry, you know, having that learning mindset and just talk, talk, talk to as many people as you can. Go to any event you can get your hands on and just talking to people. And you're going to get so many insights you never would have gotten otherwise. Yeah. I mean, just getting out there and like, you know, personally, I'm a bit like, you know, so socially anxious, just, as, you know, going into an event and, you know, bunk, big group of people you never met. But every time I've gotten out there, I walk out of those events and I'm psyched because of people I just met or something I just learned. And I just got to get over that initial hurdle. But uh, yeah, whether it's, you know, you're trying to build a company around some new technology or just trying to get into an industry like property management, just talking to people, you're going to get so many insights. Vocab. So this one is a little bit different. Um, typically, we would ask you three multifamily real estate terms investors should know. But because you're not a typical real estate multifamily investor, maybe we could spin this a little bit and ask you, what are you most excited about in real estate? So, you know, it's funny because, again, I've been going to all these events, been going to all these real estate events. I'm just trying to learn about the industry, trying to learn about different players. And I keep going to all these different events. And I come home and I talk to my girlfriend and I'm just like, man, I should be getting into real estate too. I should be getting <laughs> a property. Like, you know, I'm just dabbling my feet from a different perspective. I'm thinking I'm going to go to these events and just meet people that could be potential clients or partners. And then I'm coming out and I'm like, man, I got to start getting my hands in some real estate. Like these guys are, this, this just seems like the, the place to be and, and just the lifestyle and, and everything I want. So uh, yeah, I think that, you know, for me, just, I just kind of get into real estate, something I want to get into even coming from my side. So, you know, it's, I'm happy that, you know, kind of fell into a profession that I get to talk and work with these guys and 
and learn. And uh, I think one day, you know, I'll be joining you guys. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a reason why 80% of millionaires own some real estate at least and have that as an investment vehicle. And it's because it's a strong vehicle to be invested in. So we're waiting for you. The water's warm over here. (laughs) All right. So it's leaking. I'll find it too. All right. So last question. And again, uh, you can apply, you know, an entrepreneurship, small business uh, mindset or, or veil to it to answer. So education is critical in all businesses. What books, apps, or mastermind groups or events uh, would you recommend listeners immerse themselves in? I guess in terms of apps like Meetup, I'm sure, I don't know if somebody's already brought up another time, pretty classic app. Like I moved into San Diego two months ago. I just went on Meetup, found every possible event that is similar to what I do, what I like to do, and just went to those events. And then I asked people there, what are some other events I should go to? Kind of branched off from those. And you know, I, I'm just like very quickly starting to grow a great network of people here. Um, so Meetup, I'm absolutely in love with. Twitter. So the, what I love about Twitter is like, I've got Instagram, whatever. And, but Twitter to me is not like my social thing. I don't, I don't go on to be like, what are my friends doing? I just follow people in the industry, people who I actually want to learn from. And so Twitter, I kind of use as like my curated news source of people I want to follow. And so I don't, I try not to follow like any friends or, or any like, like silly accounts where I'm just like mindlessly scrolling through to me, Twitter, like I wake up and I get like insights on business insights on what's going on in the market. Like that's my like curated news source uh, right there. So, so I guess like just using it and like making sure you use it in like a, you know, an educational kind of way and, and really hone who you follow there. And then, uh, in terms of books, I think like a classic book that really falls in line with real estate investing. If you guys haven't read already, you should. It's quick. It's just Richest Man in Babylon. That's just a classic that I love. Great book. Great book. Yeah. Great book. Awesome. Thank you, Charles. So tell Multifamily about a slice listeners how they best can get in touch with you. Yeah. So our website is nowysensors.com. Um, it's N-O-W-I sensors.com. Right there, you can you know learn about our devices, easily contact us, set up a demo. We love to get people just working on pilots. If the pilot doesn't work out, you know, we refund you. Um, no problem. So now we sensors, uh, you can reach me at Charles at now Happy to answer any questions and talk to you uh, network. You know, we've got Twitter and Instagram. It's just now underscore sensors is our handle. Um, so yeah, reach out. Love to talk to people. Love the network. Love to learn what you're doing. Awesome. There you have it, folks. Another episode of Multifamily by the Slice with myself, Ike and Charles and Naui Sensors. I just want to remind everyone again, we appreciate you all. We appreciate our Multifamily by the Slice listeners. Please subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and pass it along to others that you think will benefit from it. Have a good day. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Multifamily by the Slice podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Lastly, check out the show notes for links to topics discussed, as well as website and social media links for Dre, Ike, and our guest. See you next week.